welcome back to just another football podcast don't worry harry is gonna be here he has he's not escaped discussion of the absolute domination of arsenal by the hands of man city which unfortunately if you know me you know i want arsenal to win the league but fergal's here um after a month we we're on the first of may the date of recording uh after a month that's how chelsea score one goal Mm -hmm. goal of the month and the worst goal of the month and the best i don't know home goal uh, and everything else that this goal could possibly be rewarded is the uh gallagher goal that came off a massive 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 deflection that would have in no way been a goal it might as well be an own goal um yeah and there is a game against arsenal tomorrow mm -hmm. uh and just to, just to update you on things uh, in terms of where the league is concerned, you have not officially confirmed... I think that's fine, Ali. I think you summarized it perfectly. I think, I think we can just move swiftly on to, swiftly on. The, <laughs> to the next section. <laughs> um, yeah, but you, uh, you, need, you need to get points soon to guarantee Premier League safety, Fergal. Um, so do you think that you have any chance tomorrow? Um, when is the next point coming from? I, I, um, it doesn't really matter, Ali. We're, we're, we're 39 points. I think that's safe. Yeah, um, I know, I know. I'm only joking. Uh, so it, 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 it just literally does not matter. There you go. And uh, you also have Everton and Leicester City. Uh, and that will move us on swiftly to the first big thing. And I think it's starting to crystallize who the three are going to go down are. The, the relegation battle that finally is seeing some sort of separation between the bottom and the not-so-bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, think, I, think, I think two of them are confirmed now. One of them is looking more and more certain to happen. It's, it's like the opposite of the... Go on. He's, he's good, but is he good? Are, they're bad. But are they but are bad? They bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everton play Leicester tonight. Leicester yeah, are going to win. So you know, cue the score line there. Uh, I, I might be wrong, but... Yeah, the, the listeners will, will have known but whenever this comes out. Exactly. Um, they play in two and a half hours' time. Roughly. Yeah. I mean, it's massive. I feel like... How many games are left? Five games left, so four after this one. Yep. I feel like if... I feel like this... Um, this result... It might be a bit hyperbolic to say this, considering that one win, just one win, is is huge at this stage of the season. Yeah, but I feel like if the team loses tonight, I feel like that's them relegated between between Everton and, and Leicester. Just looking at it, but they, I mean, there's there's still only like two points between Everton nineteenth and and Leeds in in sixteenth. So maybe that won't be the case, but. It feels like this. This is a must-win, a six-pointer, as the cliche goes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Um, I've I've listened to a couple of Everton podcasts. Uh, I don't remember the name of the podcast. I'm so sorry, uh, but uh, it's a channel that has like, I think Toffee TV is it? No, it's not Toffee TV. It's a it's a it's a less known one. It's one I came across on YouTube in my recommendations. It has like. 2,000 something subscribers if, if I'm not mistaken um, but they're very good and they're very like measured and um, you know good to listen to mm -hmm. uh, and they clearly care about the the club and the content they put out and it was just like we had this discussion on a discord server the other day for where I really want Everton to go down because I think they deserve to go down and I've, and I've, I've maintained that they they are the least deserving team of success in the league. And that was when they were not fighting. I'd, I'd say they're second. You'd say they're second. Okay. In that. I'd say Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea are probably, Chelsea are probably first in that polling at the, at the moment. Yeah. I'd say everything are like a B-Tech Chelsea. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's kind of same sort of vibe, but just like a, a step down. Yeah. Both have had Lampard as a manager. True. <laughs> True, both have taken and Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez. Oh, I you know I've never made that connection. There's, there's a lot of crossover, uh, but I would say solely for Lampard, for solely for for deciding that Frank Lampard is a good idea to, to manage your team. 
but anyway, regardless, the, the just the tone of this time versus this time last season is completely different because the last season it was yeah we're, we we are about to go down aren't we but like there's there's still they still clearly care and yeah. you know they're they're fighting for everything and you, the the ground would be full and they'd stay until the last minute even if they lose heavy they're still supporting and like mm-hmm. pushing their team on and they know it's the board's fault and everything but the team had fight with Charleston scoring goals. Charleston, more on that later. Scoring goals and uh, those last minute winners. It will be, I remember, scoring a last minute winner late in the season mm-hmm. last season. Uh, and there was like an excitement about the, the run in and what, what mm-hmm. everything can do with it in the circumstances. This time, the feeling it very much is that we're, even if, even if they manage to stay in the league by some sort of miracle according to them like they think they think it's it's all done but even if they stay it's the feeling around it is not going to be the same the feeling is going to be that they they could have been a lot better like the players themselves could have given more Mm -hmm. the managerial choices are a direct result of um of that failure Mm -hmm. and even staying up in these current circumstances, would be failure because they've had to go through this again. And that is like the, you know, the pervasive, I suppose, feeling is that this is, even if we say it's not, it's not good enough. Like the, this connect yeah. starting to get bigger and bigger. Uh, one of them was saying how his dad, like, has been a season ticket hole for 50 years or whatever. And that's uh-huh. a, that was the first time, I guess, Newcastle, the first time he went out early, left the stadium early. Yeah, I think that gives you some sort of indication of where the club are at the moment. They hold my second spot for relegation, Virgo. Everton are done. Everton are down. And I out. I would agree that with you, Ali. However, I'm I'm after looking at their fixtures. So they got Leicester City tonight. Um, the listeners, you know, will either be laughing at me, uh, m- m- talking about this, or 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 they'll be saying, uh, "Oh, Virgo's got a point." Go uh, either one. But Leicester tonight, points available there. Then they've got Brighton, Man City. So, you know, uh, I'd expect zero. Their last two games are Wolves and Bournemouth. I think they're the most ideal games. Are games that teams that were maybe worried about relegation, but then have secured safety in the last two games. They've got, they're not playing for anything. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if, if if Everton really wanted the trifecta there, they, they would be playing Chelsea. Um, but um, but yeah, I I think Wolves Wolves away and Bournemouth. I feel like they 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 could be on the beach. Um, especially Bournemouth on the last day of the season. I I can imagine that, that it depends depends how how motivated the players are. But mm. might also be that that's actually quite a nice fixture to have. And Wolves is definitely, I think they're, after that um, performance this weekend, I think their team, you can pick up points against. Um, perhaps if Nathan Collins starts, that that, that might that might not be the case. But, um, but yeah, um, it's not, a, like, if they got six points in the last two games, I think that would probably get them safety. Um, I ha- I'm just bringing up Leicester's fixtures then. Leicester, Leicester have a much harder run in. I think. Uh, just looking at them. So Everton tonight, Fulham. Depends what Fulham are, are like. Maybe they they might ease off, but they gave Man City a really good game, so I, I wouldn't suggest that that isn't uh, the case. Liverpool, Newcastle, and West Ham, who've come into form, and maybe on the last day of the season, they they might not be playing for anything, but uh, I feel like. The, their expectations were higher going into the season, so they they might be paying for a bit more personal pride. And Declan Rice probably be playing his last game for West Ham, so he'll probably want to give a good performance, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all those factors. So I think I think that's a that's a tougher run in to compare to um to Everton, and it might be the difference. The problem is Virgo that 
the uh, the fact that you say if Everton get six points out of the last two games, that is one of the biggest ifs all season. Mm-hmm. I think they lose to Leicester tonight, and if they lose to Leicester tonight, it's done, right? Because the next two are losses, uh, and in that time, I can see Leicester pulling a point out of um, out of Fulham, for example. But even if not, like even if both keep losing, Everton are gonna stay below Fulham. And then you have Forest. Forest have four games to go. Uh, Southampton, they mm-hmm. win that. So that pulls them clear of, of Everton too. Um, mm-hmm. You see, the problem, the problem with Everton is that I see them w- losing the, last, the, the next three games tonight and the, and the other two. Um, and then, yeah, just not... They, they won't have the ability then to, to catch up anytime soon. Um, even if even if the last game is winnable, I don't think Wolves is particularly winnable for for Everton. But even if uh, the Bournemouth game is, it will it will be a little bit too little too late. I also think Leeds are in a bit a massive Leeds are massive bit of trouble. I'm just looking at the fixtures. The fixtures are Man City, Newcastle are the next two. Tottenham are are in there last. West Ham uh, might confirm. You know, Premier League security on on the twenty first, the penultimate game week. Yeah, twenty first or the sorry, the West Ham as well. West Ham away. Yeah, Tottenham at home looks like the most likely points or <laughs> most likely win. Exactly, especially last day. There was Tottenham on last day of the season. From if my memory serves me correct, anything could happen with Tottenham on the last yeah. day of the season. Is the I mean, anything the, can happen uh, at the, the moment with Tottenham. Five one. Uh, Newcastle yeah. five one was one of these, right? Yeah, yeah. I I feel like it's it, it's a bit mad with with Spurs last day of the season. So yeah, that's um that's that's potential for, but it's it's really really tough and it is. They, isn't it? they really don't look good. Like the fact that they've got beaten four one by Bournemouth there is, is yeah is dreadful. That just makes me think that they can concede any number of goals to anyone. Uh, that yeah. they they conceded a record number of goals in a month. This month, well, in April. So, mm-hmm. I have no and reason then... to think that Leeds are going to survive either. If Leicester win, they go above Leeds, and it's the same point with Everton. Like neither Everton nor Leeds have would have the capability to close any sort of gap because the points yeah. just—I don't know where they come from before the last game week. Um, yeah. I think I think my it's, final pick the the two original ones I had Everton and Southampton down uh, not from like the preview the preseason preview but around like mid season Everton and Southampton and uh, Leeds unfortunately Leeds uh, you know I I hate to see Leeds go down you know that you know I like oh. I do like Leeds but I am um, because my dad supports them but yeah um I feel like the they've went away from their Principles, um, the under Bielsa that got them, that got that got them so far, and yeah. and like, I, and I feel like once you do that, I I I, I have, I don't I don't have, and, and also their their signings just haven't been great. It's the there's just less of a of an idea of what they're doing. It, it would seem, um, and it's it's cost them, um. The, 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 like the, that Jorginho Rutter or Rutter whatever way you pronounce it I, I was never like entirely sure what the point is because they're struggling for goals and he's someone that scored like two goals and one goal the last two seasons he was, yeah the idea of a pressing forward is okay and someone that can take hold of the wall a bit but he doesn't score he doesn't score yeah I like the the fact that you can like you're choosing between him and Bamford and Bamford is so obviously the first choice, um for when you need goals it's just it's not a great position to be in at all absolutely um I th- I looking at their fixtures I think unless something dramatic changes Leeds are are down um you know what I uh, I think they missed a chance with Weston McKinney to play him in the number ten someone who may like who who uh, who plays number ten. Uh, and can like make make runs into the box and 
just get his head on things because Wes McKinney is very capable yeah. of that. And they've tried to like spam crosses in it simply. Well, Sinistera scored a header at the back post, like the cross of the season from Jack Harrison there. Uh, I think it was, um, who was it against? Leicester, I think. Uh, yeah. But like they've tried that loads and there just isn't the runners, except Bamford, who just is good enough. Um, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, it's grim. I I think it's Leeds, and um, I'm actually gonna. But after looking at the fixtures of the teams involved, I'm gonna back Everton to stay up. I think. No way. <laughs> no. I, I I could I could be a laughing stock whenever this comes out. Unless but, um, before everything nil, like maybe. Yeah. I I but um. I, I don't know. Sean Dyche, I think, would be eyeing up those last two games and be able to produce something. Um, and I think, I think it'll be Nottingham Forest that go down. Um, Forest. I think Forest. Not Leeds. The, uh, no, Leeds are down. My second pick. Oh, so you have, so you have Leeds, Forest, and Southampton then. I have it flipping. Completely. Wow. From who's just I'm. I, this is like I've I've only literally just looked at the fixtures. Yeah. But yeah. I'm thinking Nottingham Forest. That Danilo fella who's been doing well for them. Who he looks good. Where did Where did he come from? Um. Somewhere. I I think. I think they'll um like the, they've got Southampton next, which like Southampton will still be fighting. I don't think that'd be an easy game. They should have enough to get beat Southampton. Um, they got Chelsea. Southampton have very little fun in them, though. Southampton are five points removed from Leicester. Leicester have a game in hand tonight that they will probably win. Maybe I changed my mind over Nottingham Forest. It's a tough call between Nottingham Forest and, and Leicester. Um, Leicester surely won't go down. Why are you just have... not putting Leeds in this? I, I no Lee. I said Leeds, didn't I? No, you said it's, these were the first between, team I said oh, they'd go down. You're just, you're just saying everything are going to stay up. Everything are going to stay up. Damn. I think. I think. I. I, I just. It. It's just something about like they've done it last season. It'd be the same sort of vibe again. I think. I think they'll they'll stay up, and it's for me. It's it's so it, it's Southampton Leeds. And then either Nottingham Forest or Leicester City. I just can't see Leicester City going down. So automatically I'll go Forest, but it's, it's tight. I I, th- I think I, I don't know. I don't know what the the situation with Danilo and his injury, but he he's gotten two goals, two games, wasn't it? The last the last couple. Yeah. To lose him so. in the in the last few games, if I um. I'm just seeing here, injury blow, how long is he out for? Uh, set to miss the next two games. Southampton and Chelsea. So th- and that's, they're that's the most winnable. winnable. Yeah. So, I think that's massive for them. To, although they've got a deep squad, but the, um, he seemed to be the player in form and, and getting goals for them, which is... is Terrible to miss, uh, miss out, and also the way they they lost the game at the weekend. Um, th- th- you can't. I th- I think it's those sort of clinical moments that you mm-hmm. that decide the season. And if you can't get over the line in those games, I think you'd be punished with relegation. So that's that's my bold prediction. I'm gonna look like a fool <laughs> by the time this comes out, but we'll see. My prediction for tonight is is like a. One one draw. Uh, for tonight. Yeah, I th- I think I think it. I I, I think a nil nil or one one. I think it'd be I think it'd be so tight that neither team wants to wants to lose it, uh, and then as a result, nobody will. Three nil Leicester. That's that's my prediction. We'll see if it's right or wrong. See who goes down, and what the table looks after tonight. But we Le- must. Leicester drew with Leeds, like they did draw with Leeds, but away. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're playing against a worse team at home. Uh, Ever- Everton are worse than Leeds. There you go. That's that's another take there. 
Um, but enough about enough about the bottom because we have we have a few games at the top. A few things happened this week at Fergal involving mm-hmm. uh, teams like Tottenham and and Chelsea and uh, Liverpool and uh, uh, Man City. Well, nothing happened with Chelsea. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely nothing. Exactly. Uh, it's the entire. It's been a great season. weekend for me, Ali. Absolutely. Absolutely. It isn't a great, but both our teams didn't lose this weekend. It's fantastic. And Philadelphia Union didn't play this weekend at all. It's glorious. It's just like that's what I mean. Chelsea as well. We haven't we haven't played a game this week. it out, and the Union just uh, half the stress this week. Um, we must bring in Harry though, because Tottenham and Arsenal are probably the most two relevant teams this weekend. Uh, and yeah, he's here. Now, back now. It was actually quite a lengthy delay because I had to change the overlays and everything. And uh, yeah, Harry, why, why, why are we here for the start? We can just start going and everything. So you're oh, telling me you just click your fingers and I appear. I mean, it's like the worst kept secret in podcasting history. What have you gone and told the viewers that for? It, it's, um, it's also a brilliant uh, audio feature that we do. Um, there you go. Audio feature. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, um, why? Why? Why are you really here? What's going on? Why? Why are you halfway? Through? Well, just you know, busy today, traveling, delays. There's always stuff that goes wrong, mate. But I've made it here for the second half. Um, the more important like half for you. Didn't turn up for the first half, um, which you know, I won't say I was taking inspiration, but uh, we got to roll the punches, man. I'm here. I'm here, and I'm hoping to well, at least deliver in some part. All right, cool. Uh, the first thing I would like you to deliver is very quickly your bottom three. Okay. Treat it as a final prediction, I would say, because there's four yeah. games to go. We can't get any more fickle about this. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, and this is probably quite unprofessional, I don't remember exactly what mine was, but I think it was Southampton, Bournemouth, Forest before, when we did it a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, now, Bournemouth aren't going to go down. Like, I think that's kind of well... Yeah. You know, well known at this they point. Well done to Chelsea. That. Yeah. So, and you know, unless you think Chelsea might go down, Bournemouth aren't going to go down. They've done very well. They've kind of played themselves out of it. So, fair play to them. Um, I. So then it's who instead of them because I've not seen enough yet from Southampton are gone. I think at this point we can sort of we we tried to help them out. Um, yeah. Tried to help them get out of the relegation battle, but it doesn't look like it's going to be enough. Us and Chelsea giving them, I think, a third of their points so over the season in those four fixtures. So we did our bit. It's just the other teams not playing ball. So I think Southampton are gone. Um, I think Forest had they won on Saturday, so they were obviously leading and then they ended up getting beat 2-1. Had they won that game, it would have been interesting. But I still think they don't do enough away from home and it puts a lot of stress on those home fixtures and I just don't think they'll quite do enough. So I'm going to keep them in there. And then there's the big six-pointer tonight. At the obviously point of recording, it's uh, Leicester-Everton tonight. And you're sort of looking at the table. They're both right down there. Um, I think Everton are in big trouble. Um, it's been I, I've been made aware of Fergal predicting them to stay up before I've jumped on to record this. So I don't get it. Help me out here. I, I'm going to have to do Well, I, I, I don't particularly get it either. I don't see much that's good from Everton. I thought the one thing that you would get when Sean Dyche came in was... They would be more solid defensively. And, you know, they've done it in fits and starts. Obviously, they had the game against us where they win 1-0. And they've had a, I think they beat Bournemouth 1-0. And they had a couple of 0-0 draws. But they've had some real hammerings as well. Like that Newcastle game in midweek was a, just a galling experience, really. And, you know, they're running out of games. And their remaining fixtures aren't easy. So if they don't win tonight, then you're sort of looking at the games that are left and thinking, well... You don't see them doing anything away from home. They're a bit like Forest. You sort of you, you become so reliant on the home form, which, if we're being honest, they've been scratchy at home. So, I think I think Everton, but Leicester. Look, listen. If Leicester get beat tonight, then they're in trouble as well. So, massive game that tonight. Um, it is. Really feels like kind of you know winner takes all at this stage of the season because, you know, we're in May now. There's only a few weeks left, and these teams are still hovering down at the bottom. To use the to use the uh, football cliche, uh, shout out to that podcast. I started listening to it actually, um, and it's, it's good. really good. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, the, this is the real six pointer. This is mm. this is the six pointer of six pointers. Yeah. Um, there you go. All right. Uh, ready to laugh at Tana before a bit, Harry? 
Uh, I Absolutely. So. I mean, you know, you got to lie to my mood. Born um, ready. Yeah, oh, mate. Why do you think I was so keen to jump on at this point? Um, yeah, just, I mean, I think Gary Neville, I don't agree with often what he says, but he just summed it up perfectly in the commentary. Like, the most Spursy thing, or the most Tottenham Hotspur thing you will ever see. Like, 3 0 down in the game, getting it back to 3 0, and then pretty much losing it from kickoff after jubilant celebrations making it 3 0. Um, Pigeons. Loved it. it it's so, so funny that, like, it was the Richarlison equaliser's first goal of the season. Some, yeah, I saw a tweet and it was like, that is better. That got him scoring that goal, and then what yeah. happens afterwards is better than him not scoring in the season at all. If, if that's his only goal for the entire yeah. season, it being that goal is so good. It, it, it's perfect, it's really. It's hysterical. And he, <laughs> he, he just goes back. And then also, it's quite like, it's quite Spursy that I'm pretty sure like Lucas Moore is one of the fan favourites because of like the. The hat trick he got against—he's not now. Uh, You'd be surprised. Uh, uh, and like, uh, but I, I like the fact that he's one of—he's the guy that just like slots it into into Jada. I think he um he was coming off a three-game suspension. I th- I feel like the last time he played was when he got sent off at Goodison Park, and yeah. then they conceded late in that game. You know, when they were ten against eleven, and then he gets sent off, and it goes to ten v ten. Then they concede. Um. And now he's he's given away a goal at the end to cost them another point. I mean, I don't think he's po- if he was popular, Fergal for his for his yeah. heroics in Amsterdam all, all those years ago. Um, I don't think he's popular at anymore. Not after those last two games. Yeah, the their uh, Champions League qualification in uh, in flames. I don't think we are gonna qualify for the Champions League either. But uh, it was it was it was such a good feeling to win that. Um, I don't know why, but I felt great. I felt amazing, uh, even though we like absolutely bottled the three 0 we the three nil uh, lead, weed lead. Um, <laughs> that's such a good word. A new potion you're cooking up, is it? <laughs> uh, the three 0 lead. Um, we Freudian slip. Yeah, a big one. Um. And they somehow managed to bring it to 3-3. I think this game is a perfect example of why I'm not such a big fan of the 3-2 shape as a defensive one. And I and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I don't want to see Alexander-Arnold starting in midfield in the opposition build-up because the same goal was scored. It was worse against Tottenham, but the same goal was scored against Arsenal and against Tottenham where you... Um, Played down the channel on the right after some build up that tracks the, the press into midfield. Play it down the right. The build up from Tana was really good. But then you have, uh, in the best case scenario, Konate dragged across the essentially the touchline. Uh, in mm. a worst case scenario, Konate had, always, had already been pressing. And then you have Van Dyke shifting over. And then you have. Uh, uh, Andy Robertson, the only man in the box, Van Dyke getting uh, honestly cooked, uh, mm. falls to the ground. Uh, the cross comes in, and Harry Kane has the freedom of the entire penalty box to score. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a in a better case scenario, to go back to that, Gabriel Jesus' goal, Harry for for yeah. against us in the in the Desmond. Uh, it's going to get struck across, and it's Van Dyke defending alone in the box, um, and Robertson is marking someone else, and. Uh, it, I don't think defensively it, it, it's very easily exposed once you get the right pattern of build-up to get one of those liberal defenders exposed against a winger, which is easy because there's nobody else defending the right-hand side entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, is the build-up working? Yes, clearly. Again, in that same game against, against uh, Arsenal... Salah had a record number of shots in a game. Like that that's significant. I think Trent held like held some record of chances created f- for Liverpool in the similar position, a similar role. Um, but he's clearly been better and more productive. But I don't I don't see why we're staying with that in defending. Like go back to It the doesn't quite form. work whenever you've got like a, a like a, a player like Robertson at left back either. Yeah. Like who, yeah. Who yeah, you gotta have a big left back. 
It, it would make more sense yeah. if it was like, like an af- an oh, just, Yeah, or like if yeah, you need you need another centre back type there. Yeah, we do it with White. He sits you know deeper, yeah. and it's sort of you can have a three and a two or a two and a three, but it's more conservative. Um, they said that yesterday on the coverage. It was like you sort of have two fullbacks that essentially just bomb on, and I think. If you're talking, if you're playing the sort of system you, you're, you're describing, there, you need one of them to be more conservative in their positioning. If they both fly forwards, then mm-hmm. it can get ugly down the flanks. I, as, as you I, I just wonder if the solution, especially for Liverpool going forward, is like if Trent is just permanently moved and plays midfield, like if he if he just transitions into it, because like it would solve their their issue of like needing like so many midfielders in the summer, and then. I know Joe Gomez at right back to give that balance. Then you have a nice back three and and um, and Robertson is that what's the term elbow uh, fullback. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, I I I, th- I think I think maybe getting a right back might be easier than getting a um a, a, like a high quality centre mid. I think I I was on the fence about Trent moving into the midfield, but. Like in point points in the game, he's popping up on the in the left hand channel and 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 looks comfortable there. I I I think you think you just have to let him, let him off the leash now and 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 just forget about the 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 right back position for him. I think he can still play there, but tactically a lot a lot would need to change for, for this Liverpool team for that to suit. True, um, but yeah, that's I I do have a grip with it still. Um... I don't know. I just feel like it's it's really easy to get past. And uh, if we are going to persist with that as a role that uh, Alexander Arnold that fits Alexander Arnold and fits our build up overall because he is our most creative player, then two things should happen: get a left back and get a fullback. Uh, uh, sorry, get a left back and get a center back. Um, that you know fit that kind of that kind of thing at least if he's had a, a really mobile to... defensive midfielder as well yeah. that that would uh, probably help yeah true yeah like Fabinho in his head there probably would have covered it, covered the ground perfectly but he's just not what he once was yeah that's true as well um i'm hoping for a complete midfield overhaul anyways uh Manuel Ugarte Ibrahim Sangare Manu Kone Alexis McAllister Obviously, we're not. We're getting probably one of those four, but whatever. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Salah's penalty technique change is a little thing that uh, that I noticed. Um, not on my own. It's just watching the the NL studio uh, pointed it out. Is that in the last two penalties, and that has been his penalty taking technique, where he takes three steps to the right and then runs up to it, um, and then now he just ran up to it like straight away. Uh, so that might have been something he worked on and he scored that missed penalty. a couple. Yeah, he missed a couple. Yeah, missed a couple with that old technique of taking three steps to the right and then hitting it. Uh, then now he just runs up to it very sen- like very straight line, uh, and just scores like no no steps to the side or anything. Um, Curtis Jones's role was interesting. Uh, he's a bit limited as a footballer, but um, him and Diaz were essentially doing the I don't know. Henderson in his heyday and Salah uh, on the right in, in our title winning season um, of one overlapping the other. And it ended up with Curtis Jones's goal was a direct result of Luis Diaz being in the middle and Jones being mm-hmm. just entirely free. Pedro Porro should have done a lot better look like recognizing who's behind him. But yeah, um, I don't think with any sort of role that we played on the left-hand side originally, like we had the uh, Jota was the left winger before and Thiago was tasked with playing through walls to him. Um, whereas that is like entirely different. It's stretching the pitch and is, uh, is exposing Pedro Porro's defensive weaknesses. And I think that was uh, very smart and directly resulted in a goal and we won the game four, three. So it's good. Um, but the game is tainted a bit for me. As good as I felt after the win, it's tainted. Because Jota should have, been, should have been sent off. Uh, mm-hmm. Skip, who played a massive role in the Hurricane goal, should have been sent off before that. Uh, Tottenham should have a penalty. Um, what else? Just like a 
comedy. Are you saying Skip's challenge was a straight red? Yeah, absolutely. What? I know you were going to say no. I know, because I remember a similar sort of debate with a similar sort of challenge, and you were like, it's, it's, not, it's not that He hard. gets the ball, and it's not that high. It's high, but it's not, it's not like, like, it's like, right, I, I feel like, look, like, every, anybody who's played football for a considerable amount of time has had a challenge like that, and it's sore, but it's, it's not, does I really don't ball? think it's that does, bad. Am I going mad? Does he get the ball? He does get a touch on the ball, yeah. Does he? If he gets a touch on the ball, then fair enough. He, fo- he follows through, and, uh, but he does get a touch on the ball, and then, um, it's just on the ankle. It's not, like, ridiculously high. And I don't, and it's like, he's not totally out of control either. He, it, mm. it like, it, and it's, it's a downward, it's sort of a downward, like, it's not, it's, studs aren't fully up either. I think it's a really, really harsh call to, to do it, to give it a red. I was, I was, when I was watching match today, I was surprised it was being, um, talked about. Um, cause I was like, for me, that's just like, it's like a, a hard yellow. Um, and, yeah, Jardis is like ridiculously lucky to stay on. That I don't, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> and then Klopp has the cheek to think that the referee are are, are against them as well, and give no, it the big one. No, it's not that. So, so the yeah, that's what he literally that said though. He has something against he has something against him. Like I, he doesn't like Paul Tierney. Neither do I. To be honest, I can't like, stand him. Neither he, what he's saying is neither like each other. Yeah, but that's what that's what I mean, though. Like, but he, the Tierney clearly thinks he's all right because he he didn't send Jada off. You know, he, which one yeah, is I it? Don't, I don't know. Did they, they get, get know. away with a blatant? The probably one of the most blatant red cards this season, or or or, or the right to get you. And we were given a penalty, and they weren't from an equally obvious one. Yeah, the the hold on Richarlison. Like if that's not given a penalty, you might as well just have people punching each other in the penalty box in Seppi situations, if that's the case. Like, just play... I don't know. And, and it, was great, it was great to see Karma be that instant, you know, where he jumps up to, to rub it in the face and instant uh, hamstring. Instant, it, it is nice when Karma's that, that, <laughs> I, that I, instant. I've defended Claw for a long time, um, and I think... He has a certain amount of of passion that takes him places that doesn't take most people. Uh, I don't know what he was doing there. He, he's he's a winner. That that's that's why he's had such a good career. That's and that's why you know he he gets these things in his head. It's like Michael Jordan sort of making up something that somebody said to him to get him to win the game. It, the, the, I'm sure the whole port uh, tyranny thing is is all in Klopp's head. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's probably what what helps him, I don't know, have the men- mentality for winning or for for whatever reason. But it's still very funny. It's, 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 <laughs> it's still, still, still funny. very, very funny. Um, anything else you want to add, Harry? Feel like you haven't? No, no, not not especially. Yeah. Like other than just to laugh at Tottenham because it is really fun. That that in many ways is actually worse than what happened at Newcastle, where you you actually get it back to three all. I know it's a better result, but like it's such a sickener to actually do all that work. Probably deserve to get out of the game with a draw, and yeah. then you know one thrown. one moment and you've essentially thrown it. I mean, those fans who were leaving after fifteen minutes had the right idea. I bet they felt smug when the fourth went in because it, well, yeah. you know, I didn't stay. think we got it back to 3 all and then uh, get that at the end. Um, it, it's, they don't start games properly. That's their biggest problem. If you look at the last three games this week, they've been 5-0 down after yeah. 20 minutes, 2-0 down after 40 minutes, 3-0 down after 15 minutes. That makes it very difficult. They've actually played quite well in the last couple of games and yet only taken one point and... You know, there's been a combined five goals down in, in, in the two games. It's it's bloody difficult to win Premier League matches if you're giving your opponents a head start. It's nothing new. I mean, they've been doing it all season. Um, and whoever the new manager is needs to stamp that out because it's hard enough in this league, let alone if you're essentially starting games from a goal or two down nearly every week. So, Well, in midweek... Uh, this is quite old now, but I feel like the occasion is bigger than just like kind of jumping over in a sense. 
But Man City did win 4-1 and pretty much confirmed the league title, right? I think so. Um, I It's been kind of a slow resignation for a few weeks now, actually, because... Well, because of a number of things, actually. Firstly, you know, we've been playing gradually worse and worse. They've been playing gradually better and better. Um, and we had to play them. And for all I tried to talk it up last week, I didn't think we would win the game. I thought it was very likely we would lose the game. Uh, and we did lose the game. I think what's interesting to me is we played Man City three times this season. And I know the first one was a cup game. So you could argue that they weren't, you know, at their full intensity for it. But I don't think it's a coincidence that we've actually got worse in each of the three games. Our best performance against them was that first game. And I think what I would say is there is a time, and I'm convinced of this, we could have played Man City this season and beaten them. And there's a time they could have lost to us because they've got better in the last couple of months and we've got worse. If you think our best performances this season, barring maybe the Spurs win away, maybe the Fulham one, a lot of them came before the World Cup. I think we were at absolute peak before the World Cup. And it's not to make an excuse. It's just that's the way we've played across the season. Yep. Um, now, obviously, we were... Premier League to... extra conspiracy. The, the Premier... It's, <laughs> Premier it's League theory. theory. It's, it's, it's more that our performances have dropped. Yeah. It's not because we've had harder games, because we had some hard games before the World Cup and we managed to win them. But, you know, we've had a couple of injuries. We haven't coped well with those. We don't have the squad at this point in time. But I just thought it was interesting. They've found something with their system, 100%, where they've essentially gone to four centre-backs plus Rodri. They've made it a proper 5-5. Five, five. It's five attacking players, five defensive players. And really, when I say five attacking players, it's two, isn't it? It's Haaland and it's De Bruyne. Because you look at that game last Wednesday, everybody else was facilitating those two. You know, you had Grealish and Bernardo Silva essentially playing as wing-backs at times because it was entirely designed around stopping us playing through our wide areas. That's where we're at our best. What I'm really disappointed about tactically from our perspective is if you asked anyone where are Man City best, you would say those two players. You would say their danger all comes from central, their wingers facilitate, their fullbacks facilitate, and it's all about getting it as quickly into De Bruyne and as quickly into Haaland as possible. I thought it was a really, really poor decision tactically to play the same system, which is what he did, and set up the same way with you know, the same back four and one midfielder and essentially say, we're going to go man-to-man like we did in the FA Cup game and not protect against De Bruyne floating behind, Haaland coming to the ball because they did the same thing in the league games, uh, the, the previous league game where they beat us 3-1 at the Emirates. They, we had 65% of the ball, they mid-blocked us, they waited for us to make mistakes, they pounced and when they got the ball, they were so direct. I think in that game, they played the most long balls they had under Pep Guardioli in any season. They were so direct into Haaland. So it shouldn't have come as a surprise to us that they would look to find him quickly. That first goal they scored was like, in my mind, it was the most obvious thing I've ever seen. It was long into Haaland. He monsters Rob Holding. I mean, just again, so obvious. Such bad defending. We talked about it in the preview as well. If you have have Haaland and Holding played together again, it's it's not going to work. In my mind, it was just so obvious. And then De Bruyne runs off him. No one's on De Bruyne. It's a good finish, you know, like... But that, that to me, I think so, you know, but, like, if I'm giving credit to the opposition, it's good play from them. Like, but from our perspective, so easy to get it into Haaland. Yeah. Too easy for him to find his man. Too easy for his man to run off the back of him. Um, and it just disappointed me. Now, I, I have to be honest, like, I think we could have picked any eleven that game and the way they played we probably would have lost i think they were that good in truth but at the same time it's about giving yourself the best possible chance to win matches and i honestly cannot say we did that with the 11 and with the system we set up with it would i be right like whenever i saw the lineup i was like and especially after the first goal i was thinking why why not play ben white as the center back surely he's a better defender than right back then because Tommy Asu's out. It's, it's Tommy Asu, right? That's what I was thinking. Like. That's been the dilemma, folks. So literally, yeah. Saliba and Tommy Asu went off injured in the same game against Sporting Lisbon. And it, it looks like... I mean, Tommy Asu's definitely out. Saliba, you know, it's a week-by-week week thing. But it looks like he's not going to play again this e- season. Even um, Tommy Asu, or even holding it right back. 
Well, someone suggested that in the build, and and like while I looked at, it, I thought, God, I mean, he's he's slow enough as it is. Like you don't you think of centre backs that are slow, you don't want to put them full back. But I get what you're saying because, as I said, Man City, they're wide players. They're not traditional wingers that go down the line and beat you. They're very much you know players that come to the ball, they knit it together, they give it to the guys that are. I mean, everyone said how well Grealish is playing this season, and he's playing well, but he's playing well as a facilitator in that team. He's not getting ten goals and ten assists. He's making the team function better through De Bruyne and through Haaland. And so I get your point. Like, it would have been a better matchup in terms of Ben White's a bit quicker. He, he would have struggled with being Haaland. so aggressive as well. That kind of works more as a fullback, I think, at times than, yeah. than, than a centre-back. Like, Haaland stepped up and was just, like, taken out of the game straight away. Fouling. Ben, if White, ben White just seems a bit more intelligent. Like, he, 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 yeah. he isn't going to win the physical battle. But I feel like Ben White's more used to not winning the physical battle. And therefore, he'll, he he would have adjusted to that situation mm. a bit better. The physicality's never been part of White's. Um, no, he's he's game. more of a, like he steals the ball, doesn't he? He's not going to yeah. come in and thump someone, but he just anticipates that. And I think like when you watch us, the big thing has obviously been for me. There's too big of a gap between our midfield and our defence. I think what we've done all season is we've squeezed the gaps have been small, and we've been able to play high. Holding doesn't do it, and I, like it's hard because he just doesn't have the recovery speed to push high. And if he gets beat, yeah. he's not getting back. So in his his head, he wants to be aggressive, but it's not in his nature to do it. He, he's yeah. always played as someone that will drop off and you know wants to head balls out of his own penalty area. He's not someone that wants to get on the halfway line and defend in in big spaces. So it's just it, it's what's happened is he's. In my opinion, the worst backup we've got in our entire squad, if you went through position by position, he's the worst replacement that we've got. We've coped with other injuries at points, like mm-hmm. whether it be Jesus, whether it be Party, whether it be Zinchenko. Um, we've had injuries to you know key players, but the replacements that have come in, in Trossard and in Ketia, even Tierney, like they're less of a drop-off than... Saliba to holding is just enormous. They couldn't be more yeah. different as players on or off the ball. And so it, it's killed us, really. But it all started a few weeks ago. That, that we, we've not, to be honest, we've not been defending well since the World Cup. If I'm, if I'm blunt, if I'm truly honest with myself, yeah. we've not defended well since the World Cup. We've been able to outscore teams. You know, even with Saliba in the team, we've had quite a lot of 3-2 wins this season, 4-2 wins. You know, we've had to come from behind. We've only got three clean sheets at home. I mean, that for a title-chasing team... It's not enough, really. And so it's been going on longer, but obviously holding coming into the team and conceding, I think, 11 goals in the last four, it's definitely exacerbated things. No, like, no doubt about Ram- it. Ramsdale just... And like, he's another one. He he doesn't inspire harm. He's he's frenetic. He, he made some good saves in that game, but the problem is he just... Everyone's more nervous because you kind of just don't know what he's going to do. And I think, you know, I'm prepared at this point to like let it slide. But if it's something that continues, if your keeper continues to make people nervous, you know, whether it be the Southampton game, whether it be the West Ham where he probably should save the second goal, whether it be the other night where two minutes into the game they put a cross in and he palms it straight out, like, onto the six-yard. It's just like, you know, as you say, the first goal should save the first goal. It's like, it's, it's not ideal. Goal, it's, it's so cutthroat, like... It is, absolutely. It, 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 like, you don't know what way Ramsdale's career could go now. Like, this could be his story written that, that you know, he was part of, he was one of the reasons in the running why Arsenal have lost the league. And it's and harsh. That, or, yeah. or, or he can come back from this. He'll but, like... Yeah. No, no one remembers as well. Like, this is the thing. He actually had, I would say, a good spell between kind of January and the end of March where he played yeah. well, made some really big saves. But once you start making a few mistakes in the running and the team starts dropping points, when it no matters. that. It's like whatever happened last is what people like, are going to remember. It, this is his best, definitely his best season of his career. Like, mm-hmm. as you said, in, in his, it, it's the peak of his career, but it also could be the the start of the downfall of it. But I'm, it's I'm a, being, I'm being goalkeeper. as well. Like, he, it's he, a life he, of a goalkeeper. He knows that. Yeah. And um, it's the nature of it. So, you know, it's disappointing. We didn't yeah. show up. I think that's the annoying part. Was, like in some of those Man City-Liverpool games, you'll know Ali, it didn't go Liverpool's way, but they always felt competitive. That didn't feel yeah. competitive. And I'm not saying we can't get to those levels eventually, but it was just disappointing to be going into it, you know, ahead of them. The gap looks so wide, and and in truth, it, it's probably the reality at this point in time. Um, 
what would you like to see change tomorrow? Big game, Jaffe Derby. I'd uh, like to win. Inconsequential <laughs> for, uh, for uh, Arsenal or Chelsea at this stage. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I'm interested to get the Chelsea like psychology, like how they're feeling going into this because they've lost five in a row. They don't have loads to play for. I'll quickly say from our perspective, we've got five games left. We're on 75 points. I think what we need to do between now and the rest of the end of the season is obviously win as many of those games as possible. Get you know into the mid to high 80s minimum because then I think you can honestly turn around and say at the end of the season we had a great season. We just weren't quite good enough. I think if you blow up at the end of the mm-hmm. season and we, you know, win a couple of games or win one and lose a couple or draw a couple, it's going to be a real, you know, collapse really from the start of April. We'll have only won a couple of games. And I think teams, if people go, well, yeah, they just fumbled. As soon as they got to the finish line, they crumbled. Man City got close to them and they couldn't cope. What we've got to do, as I said, is win as many as possible, put up a respectable points tally. And then you can look at Man City. If we get, if we win four of our last five or even win our last five, right? That's 90 points. Man City would have had to have won every, nearly every game since the start of February to win the league. There's not a lot you can do when you're up against yeah. that, in truth. Yeah. So, that's from my perspective, but I don't know how Chelsea sort of approached this The other one. thing just on Arsenal is that they, like, the narrative of, of the end of the season, whether they win or not, like, I think it's so important go, going forward for the summer transfer window. Like, if you if you can if you can go in like you're you're the best team in London, you got Champions League football back as one of the biggest clubs in England, mm. and um and then on top of that you can now go we were ch- we challenged for the title and, and got beat by uh, Man City who have a, a record breaking striker playing for them, you know on for the uh, trouble and well. I I'm, I'm yeah. the rest of the squad yeah so like you you, you can make a real case to go after it basically any player in the world in the summer, uh, especially any up-and-coming player, especially. Like, it, 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 I, th- I, I would be surprised if like the likes of Bellingham would be turning their nose up at the thought of, of signing for Arsenal at the moment. No, it's just someone might outbid you. But we're attractive, as you yeah. say. If you finish the season well, yeah. you're in a position where you can reasonably say, we were close, and with you and a couple of other signings, we think we mm. can get to that exactly. level. Whereas if you fall off a cliff from here and, and you know where you're 10 points behind, uh, even though we were in a good position, it just becomes harder to make I feel like more like a flash in the pan, whether, yeah, uh, whether like, rather than something building for the future. Yeah. It, it, no, but, I totally um, agree. But, yeah. Um, but Chelsea, um, Chelsea, I've just given up. Like, it's just like, we're, 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 we should be safe uh, from relegation. Um, Sorry. And I, I don't know. First of all, I like Lampard's getting so much stick, and um, yes, I just I it's like it's like what is he what is he meant to do? Like bet be, like the two better better managers than him have have uh, have both struggled as well with this season this season. Um and um so like the blame Lampard's getting. When you've got a squad that's just so unmotivated, like there's no reason. Do uh, right now, what I'd like to see is like, I, I in my head, I'm actually torn between. Do, do you try and win games? Should that be your goal, Definitely. or or should your goal be um, giving minutes to the players that um, that you know? Do do we try and um, sort of pick pick the squad that's going to be going forward next season? And start cutting out some of the the players that we think won't won't be there. That's a tricky thing to do because then the value of those players that you're sort of leaving out just goes down. They uh, and then you might not get as much of them in the summer. But it's kind of some of those players like common knowledge as to as to who they are, like Ziyech and stuff like that. Um, Abamyang, the, the like the Chelsea fans want Abamyang to start. Um, or, or quite a few want them to start against Arsenal. Um. But I'm like, do do I want to give minutes to to him? But at the same time, you don't want it to be like an embarrassment as well. Like, um, like I don't really care if we lose, but if we got absolutely hammered, that would that would sting. Um, mm. and um, so like, I, I, it's it's this balance of like trying to pick a team for for next season, and then just trying to like win. And also, is it really any any good to to pick players 
for next season when it's so toxic? Does that does that help their development to to be in this environment and to you know does that do anything for, for the club as well? Like I feel like this season is just such a write off. It, it's it's hard to know if you do want to win. I actually think like you can't pick the players like because it's so negative because like there's nothing to play for. You need to pick the players that um are going to be playing for pride. And that's like the academy players. Um annoyingly two of them have gone off and had important surgeries going forward in Reese James and and Mason Mount. Yeah. But I think you bring in Aspili Quera. Um he's got a player, isn't he? Play. You haven't got anyone else. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't play him. I I like us to go back to a four. As mm. I've been again broken record. Um, um, play him, play him right back. Um, then um, we play. I'm uh, play a, a back four of I don't know Ch- Chalaba, Thiago Silva. In fairness, any any of the centre backs, I I'd, I'd have faith in. I, I don't think that's a problem area for us. Uh, really, um, left back Kukurella can't play. Um, I, I'd be tempted to give it to Lewis Hall if if, if needed. I th- I think like he's gonna the academy players at this stage of the season are gonna be coming in with a you know wanting to prove themselves and Sorry, and man. and it'll it'll matter to them. So I'd play I'd play if if you're unsure about any of the players want to win. I think you replace him with 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 one mm. of the good academy players like that too. I think Fofana should Detro Fofana should be played up front. Um, um, have I pronounced his first name right? Not too sure. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, he'd um, I'd play him up front. Um, I think he's he's in the bits that he's played. I think he's looked good. Um, and if Havertz is out, I think he's the one I'd play. Um. Gallagher has to start. I think he's our biggest goal threat. Um, annoyingly, he scored one hundred percent of Chelsea's goals in yeah. April. Goal of the month against against Brighton. Yeah. Probably, probably Fernandez, Kante, Gallagher, and that's just like a workhorse midfield. And and players like Kante and Gallagher, that whole midfield, they'll set a tempo. They'll set like a a work rate. Um, that hopefully the rest will follow. Um. And then I'd probably start Mudrick out on the left. You know, it'd be nice if, if we could uh, rub yeah, that, that one in the nose if Mudrick scored. That that would be quite nice. But I, I wouldn't no, to be honest. I, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it as well. Um <sighs> but yeah, we, we, we need um I mean the blueprints there for like for in terms of like if holding's gonna start, you target him. So if like uh, you know, I I back for Fana to give him a game. Um, maybe not dominating like like Haaland did, but um, you know, there you go. Ha- have 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 a strong cent- centre forward pinning uh, holding and and have players running off them is probably what I go for. But I think Chelsea's best chance of any result is is keeping a clean sheet, and I'd imagine be nil nil if if Chelsea got got any points from this. I can see I a fully very expect Arsenal to, very boring nil to, um, to win. Yeah, I I, th- I oh, think. I, I'll, I think the opposite. To be fair, like I, I, Chelsea might play for a nil but we never keep clean sheets at home, and as a result, we always need to score at home. So I, 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 I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. I can't see us not scoring. <laughs> this is like the the opposite of the immovable force or the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. It's like the the, the, the conceding team at home versus the team that the can't <laughs> score. Yeah. Quite literally, I, I'd be staggered if we kept a clean sheet and you'd probably be staggered if you scored more than yeah. the goal. So it's like, one nil God Chelsea knows. Or one, 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 three. I think we'll score, but I just, I, I'd be staggered if we kept a clean sheet. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's true. That's I, true. But I just yeah. feel a really boring game uh I, I have no no idea why as well but uh one one game that certainly was a boring it was a draw was only one one but the way it happened let's go to taps on tammy mm-hmm. ready rome won milan won tammy abraham scored the first goal of the game in the 94th minute uh Alexis Salamakers scored the equalizer in the 97th. So rather than... It was than... Uh, Richarlison-esque, really. Richarlison-esque. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> for, for, for Tommy Abraham. 
um, yeah. except that at least we got a point. At least they got a point. It, it stay. It keeps the level with both Milan clubs, Inter and AC, on fifty-seven. But Roma would have been fourth if it wasn't for that goal, uh, with uh, five game weeks to go or uh, five game weeks to go. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Juventus are third with sixty as well, and Lazio are second with sixty-one. Napoli still haven't quite won the league yet because they no, need another win. Yeah. They uh, they still need another win. Uh, I think they might they might be good with a draw, um, but they uh, certainly needed to win and drew to Salernitana in the last minutes of the game as well. So uh, that was a that was an interesting week in, in Syria. Uh, Bundesliga, another refereeing howler uh, might win Bayern the title yet again because. Uh, Borussia Dortmund drew to Bochum. Now, while you while you can't draw to Bochum like that, like it was in the sixty something minute where they must should have, like absolutely must have had a penalty. Um, it's it's kind of bad to be to be one one in that in that situation against Bochum, but come on, two footed tackle, knee high, gets nothing of the ball, brings Karim Adeyemi down in the box. Not even a VAR review. And you know what the referee's reason was? It was that if if the Borussia Dortmund players had protested more, I might have <laughs> reviewed it. <laughs> now, we talk about player conduct around referees, right? So on the one hand, you don't want players to be screaming at referees. Quite rightly, you don't want them to be abusing referees and screaming mm-hmm. at their face and, and demanding them to review this. On the other... You want players to protest more mm, so they can there's get a, sweet a spot. obvious, obvious decision. Like, there has never been a more obvious penalty given or not all season anywhere that I've seen. That is, that is a textbook penalty. Like, there's, I can't find the words to describe how much of a penalty this, this is. It just is. And that it, not only isn't given and costs Borussia Dortmund two, two points, but potentially the title too, because the difference now between Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, because of that draw directly, is one point in favor of Bayern Munich. Mm. And it, it, ju- it just... I fail to find the words for how much of a failure that is. Well, did, uh, you said, like, the the referee gave his reasoning. Where, where did that come from? Did, did the referee speak out in Germany? or? Uh, I, th- I, I read an article about it. I don't remember. I think it was ESPN. Um, the referee basically gave an interview. Basically. Right. Um, yeah, that, that is mental. And, and it's one of the reasons why, like, I actually defend diving sometimes because, um, there you go. That's another, yeah, really but, 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 like, the, the, right. like so many times that you'll see like a player carry on, even though they've clearly been fouled and the referee will never give it. And it's, it's, it's those sort of decisions that, make players dive and then and then take it a step further and 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 then like you know do complete simulation but yeah a lot of the times like it's because there is a bit of contact and and like when when you're like in a different sort of scenario if you're running up full pace the slightest clip of the heel can can cause you to go down it really doesn't take much for mm-hmm. for you for uh, for you to go down yeah, um and and so if you yeah, yeah, but that's that's honestly ridiculous. And yes. VAR needs to VAR needs to be reviewed so badly. Um, and I, I still think my suggestion of 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 this having three three sort of VAR officials, <coughs> uh, just, just and their only decision is it, it's Customer. not if it's clear and obvious. It's just is it penalty? Is it not? Is it a foul? Is it not? Is it a red card? If it's not, whatever the, the decision is, yeah, just like yes or no. What's your opinion? If they all agree on, on it, then surely it was clear and obvious. Yeah, um, and also it, the VAR officials don't have to be referees. You know, they are just watching the telly. They don't need mm. to have. All the other skills of, they, of being they, able to make decisions. They really and, need to know the rules, though. Like they need to be trained. They, they need to know the rules, but every football fan can know the rules, Ali. Like I guess they, almost literally, like anybody, they just need very logical 
thinkers. My take and, like, on this pe and people with we'll common this, sense. Uh, Sorry to go for first on this very quickly because uh, time is running out. I need to go. Uh, okay. I really, uh, really sorry for go. But um, my take on refereeing is that they all have to be uh, have to have played football at least at youth level um, in a competitive sense. Yeah. Um, for any official anywhere worldwide. So that's for all sports. Uh, so that's that's kind of my take on it. Um, I, I think I think employing ex pros as VAR officials would be. Really, a good first like, step. Such a smart decision. Like, yeah. like they, they, there's there's var, there's professional footballers that uh, you know lower down the divisions that won't have had the opportunities after their career to make mm -hmm. loads of money. Mm -hmm. So, given a given like a steady job like being a VAR official, I'm sure lots of them would be quite, quite happy to do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Shorka King of the week. Uh, you already announced it. Oh yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> you already took the executive decision to announce it. So I have, uh, I have he, taken. He, he, it was, it was not, for time. I the tweet said it could be, so I gave you guys a little chance. Uh, I'm I, yeah, I I'm not too sure anyone, if he is. is he I I think there's a better shout, um, Lucas Mora for me. Um, ah, are we gonna want to give it that way this time? But, well, uh, the only thing no, that's, is, that's just... so the only the only protest I'll make is I remember I was going to try and give it to Jota. He scored it a couple of weeks ago, but I googled his height and he was five foot ten. Oh, so he's, he's one of those, taller. Oh no, he's oh, one of those guys that like looks shorter than what he actually is. Oh. I think it's because he, he scores a lot of headers and you think he really has no right to. But yeah, he's five foot ten. Oh, no. um, okay, so All you right. might be overruled here. Julian Alvarez had a great game. Julian Alvarez, did. I didn't watch that game, so I have no clue. But I would be more yes, than happy to go to, to Lucas Mora. It's got to be Lucas Mora. Yeah, let's do that. Done. Uh, are we doing that, though? I said it as a joke, but, you know, I, I, we have to be careful we that, that you know, we, we don't ruin the reputation of this award. You know, weeks, you know, like we, we, it has to be this I, way, Fergal. Some weeks it has to be that way. I think we already started doing this with Todd Bowley's uh, shortcoming of the week. Uh, mm. Whatever we gave two weeks ago, oh, a few weeks That's ago now, when when Lampard Lampard got the job, yeah, we already brought it into distribute. I think we should we we should bring it out. That it's very worthy. We'll, of, we'll, of we'll, we'll refresh it next year, perhaps next season. We'll we'll, we'll start Review afresh. It. Uh, yeah, we can give like certain percentages of awards of like yeah, deserving and deserving. Both of them deserving, but one mm -hmm. in a different way than the other. All right, thank you guys. I really have to go. Pleasure. Um, Thanks for doing this, uh, Harry. Thanks for jumping on straight off the airplane. Awesome. Uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, after another very eventful week full of Premier League and stuff. And uh, Jaffe Darby, going to talk about that. And uh, Napoli potentially winning the Serie A title this week. So, all right. Oh, and the Union potentially qualifying for the Champions League final. Let's go. There you go. There you go. See you tomorrow. Yeah, no. uh, tomorrow? Next week. Next week. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>